What up? It's your boy Kato, Cat Olive Chronicles. This is uh, episode number four, Quattro. Damn, my hands are dirty. I've been working outside a lot. Yeah, so sorry for the uh, uh, not, not sticking to the schedule, but I had planned on flying into Minneapolis on the 31st and doing a live, maybe not live, but like something different in the car ride down with the CLM crew. Didn't work out. We just got the shooting the shit and talking and that didn't work out. And then the event had some some of its own chaos. And then I was going to do it on the way back. But then, of course, all of us were dead tired and exhausted. And then I was going to meet up with a homie of mine named Joe Bauman and do a, do a, an, a podcast episode. And our schedules then just didn't link up. And then I got home. After a very long day of running a nonprofit event, and I was just dead tired, and then I... Well, my episode just went to sleep, so I'll have to splice that together later. Piece of shit. So yeah, we're going to do this one a little freestyle. I know we, we did some, uh, let's see, how to, how to ask and answer the right questions, how to be more legit, how to be taken seriously, part one. And then this Sunday, probably we'll release the second, uh, how to be taken seriously, part two so that uh, we can continue on with the regularly scheduled programming. But just gonna tackle a few things, some real live issues for everyone. This applies to promoters and artists. And you know, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes when it comes to trusting people and doing things. And just wanna preface to everyone how important it is uh, To make sure that everything that you do, you have checklists, you have redundancies in place, you have paperwork uh, that just documents certain exchanges that happen throughout the night between yourself and whomever you're working with, and then also, you know, every uh, every financial transaction that you're going to get into or where you're potentially handling someone else's money, you should 100% always, 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 always get uh, an agreement in place that outlines as much as you can possibly think of. Um, Is this thing fucking recording or not? I think it is. Um, It's just super vital to outlining expectations on what it is that you're going to bring to the table and do and what the other party is going to bring to the table and do. That way, whenever there are questions, um, you know, maybe something wasn't communicated to all parties the way it was with the individual or individuals you were communicating with. Um, That way, if there are questions, if there's new people introduced to those conversations, it should be very black and white. There should be no emotions, no opinions, uh, because it should be laid out perfectly on an agreement. And I will say this, uh, you know, the situation right now, it's... Not, there's nothing wrong, nothing bad. Just I overlooked it. I didn't put a contract in place for something. Nothing bad happened out of it. But that's me literally skimming out of there, you know, unharmed and unfazed and unharmed. That's just an expression. There's literally no physical concern. Just again. But, uh, you know, not every time is going to have that same 
same outcome. You know, you could not sign an agreement with someone that you think has been a long-term friend, and next thing you know it, you something just doesn't work out and you get fucked out of money or they think they're getting fucked out of money and then you just have a massive, massive headache on your hands. So, always get agreements. Another thing too, when it comes to working with multiple people or multiple, what's the phrase, cooks in the kitchen or chefs in the kitchen, um... You know, always, always, always try to try to narrow down and highlight who the 100% person is with all the answers, or at least the 100% person that you can go to and you can express, hey, this needs to be done, and how would you like me to do it? Because it's going to save you a fuck ton of time when it comes to actually executing. Um, you know, I've worked a, a nonprofit event for two years now. Um, helping build it back up, hopefully to where it, it's been in the past. I think it's a super cool event. Uh, I know there's a lot of room for for growth and and adaptation and correction. And when new people get involved, they have different ways of seeing things that things should have been done. But like most events, the things that you deal with day of are usually pretty much chaotic, and you just don't have a lot of time for questions and conversations. And I can definitely now looking back wish that I had taken a little more preparation in a few areas that would have probably saved us a ton of time when it came to executing day of the event. You know, my team showed up, we did everything we were supposed to do, everything that we promised to do. Um, but when you see a nonprofit and a bunch of volunteers that are kind of, you know, running around trying to get things done last minute, you end up getting pulled in different directions to help other people out. And not really sure where the hell is going with this one. But uh, yeah, better pre-planning is what it is. You know, I, 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 had a, I had a list of things that I wanted to see done last after last year, and we got a lot of those done. And then uh, ironically, I've got a list of things that I wish like hell that uh, I had thought of this time around. But hey, can't be perfect all the time. And, you know, hopefully moving forward, this is still a, a, a great relationship. Next year, we'll even have a better fucking list and then probably still have a list of shit that I didn't think of this time and inevitably that's going to happen when things are growing and growing and growing and you know you're going to start to see better execution things and things that you should be doing more efficiently to save you time and money but so is life either way man things are good I knocked out like a 75 to do list this summer it's August 13th, I'm literally saying, where the hell did my summer go? You know, so much is, is going on and has happened and, you know, just, CLM is, is always the focus. Uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd love what people say that we do for the city. Um, I do wish that, that we were more genre eclectic uh, versus just being 99% hip hop all the time. I'd love to do some country shows. I'd love to do some EDM shows. I'd love to do other endeavors when it comes to music. But when you've got a track record of typically delivering when it comes to hip hop, you know, that's kind of what the people expect and what most of your contacts want to give to you. Don't, no complaint in any regard. Just we wish we could, you know, expand and do some other things. Um, 
I said in one of my rants that I was going to call some people out. And I've had a change of heart. And I'm not going to do that because it's unprofessional. And I try to be as professional as possible, even though Cat Olive is a huge dickhead. Um, but I would like to talk about specific situations and how I handled them. How I feel like they should have been handled on the opposite end. And then also how I maybe should have handled it better to get what I wanted. Um, obviously, I've had two shows this this late spring that got rescheduled twice. Um, and they got rescheduled due to low, low ticket sales. And um, the truth of the matter is, the reason why they were selling low tickets is because of the headliners direct involvement with marketing. Um, and I, I, I've said this before, I, I get it. Like promoters are 90%, artists is 10%, but when you don't even acknowledge the fact that you have a show on this market, you don't even post about it. Like it's literally only so much I can do. You know, I, I run ads, I have a street team, I flyer, but at the same time, like if people can't confirm from the source that the show's happening, you know, it does no good. So those two shows were not uh, not even break even. I, I said before, I think for episode one, that there are maybe two or three shows that before year's end that I will have lost a little bit of money on, and these are those are it. Um, and then also this most recent one that just took place on the 11th. Uh, you know, I'm just pulling my hair out trying to understand why an artist. Let's. Let's say this as nicely as possible because I'm not trying to be offensive, but let's just talk about reality versus maybe what their perception is. You have a massive hit song like a decade ago when people were in high school and you still put out content and I'm not saying the content is good or bad because I'm impartial. I don't fucking care. Um, but let's say you still do have fans out there that enjoy your music and would still like to come see you perform. Now, over the course of time, just as a promoter who's brought you to the same market three times, you know, the shows keep getting smaller. Uh, you know, I don't know as the promoter how to change that for you. All I can say is that based upon my interaction with what I've seen through the agency and management, all people who in their own right are very professional and doing what they feel is right on their business prerogatives don't they won't and don't and won't take any advice from me and i swear to god if i'm the only fucking person saying this then every the other promoters you need to speak up because we're getting pissed on and walked on and taken advantage of left and right and it's affecting our bottom line and you could say all day long that oh well if you had just had that part in the contract that would have prevented it no, it wouldn't have, because you can say, well, you want in a contract, and people still, at the end of the day, have to abide by it. And if the artist isn't willing to give you a video drop unless you do something that really morally is wrong, if the artist isn't willing to give you access to a certain medium that gives you the opportunity to really market them, and then you come to find out that they don't even have access to that page anymore based upon a separation they had with their old manager... You know, there should be some give and take here because if you can't give me something that I need that was pitched to me as you had it and then I find out post-agreement that you don't, but yet you won't give me this without this, there should be some middle ground here that we say, okay, hey, 
shit, I really want this, you really want this. You told me you're going to give me this, but now you can't give me this. So why can't we just meet in the middle here and have a meeting of the minds and do something that's collectively going to be better for the event? Unfortunately, I didn't get what I wanted, which doesn't happen very often. Uh, I did I did what I didn't want to do, and I got what I needed, even though I didn't want to do it in the context that I did it, and it ended up not even mattering. Um it's just unfortunate because I, I've had nothing but great interactions with the artist and I've had nothing but uh, good things to say about his new management structure. It's just, fuck, if three months ago all of these things had just been disclosed, we could have had a solid 90 days to promo, not waiting until six days out from the event to finally have some things, have closure on items that should have happened 10 weeks ago. So I guess... I guess there I could have, I could have, uh, you know, put some, put some language in the agreement that stated if X didn't happen, Y didn't happen. And I didn't do that. Um, and it was based upon a longstanding working relationship with the agent that this was the expectation. But again, until it happens for the first time, you don't really, it doesn't come to the forefront of your mind saying, well, shit, I wish I had fucking done that. So, but looking back, like, uh, seeing the downward trend of the shows, I don't even I can't even say for certain that it would have really made that much of a difference. Would it have softened the blow? Of course. But so would a lot of things. So moral is put shit on paper. Create checklists, create redundancies, put people, uh, give people the opportunity that you work with to read over your shit, catch any mistakes, give their insight, maybe add some stuff that you didn't think about the first time around, um, and just constantly improve on your paperwork, constantly improve on that agreement and communication part, making sure that certain items are uh, known. Because here's the, here's the thing, too. You can put shit in contracts, but I can tell you right now, when you're an agent or someone in the promoter sense or a manager that just deals with contracts and contracts and contracts and you're used to 99% of them all being boilerplate, most promoters just sign them without revising any of the terms and conditions that could fuck you as the promoter, but you just sign them anyways because you just want to get the show on sale. When they get the one contract back that actually does have revisions to things that put mutual protection in place for someone like myself, there's a very good chance that they don't read it. Probably. I, I would, I can't say for sure, but I'm guessing. So if you are going to put those new additions in to protect yourself, definitely make it known when you send the email back that, Hey, by the way, section 18 C has got a revision, blah, 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 blah. Or this social media stuff has to happen it's a requirement it's not a request and if it doesn't happen then this is what the i don't want to say punishment or penalty but this is what the outcome will be if this doesn't happen that way when they sign the goddamn thing you can actually call out reference points from your email that link to the damn agreement and say hey remember i told you on may 9th that if you didn't do this i wasn't gonna do this and now here you are sweating me for this so no yeah, 
This feels more like a rant rather than being an informational video, but these are literally things that just happened to me in the last July 31st until fucking Sunday night. So, it's a little two-week learning period, which I'm never done learning, but you would think that some of these things I would have had damn near perfected by now. But, you know... All I've been doing is working around my house and trying to make money and eating a whole bunch of food for my kid's birthday. So I feel like I'm just, today is a new day, getting back to the gym and then my car breaks down, all these fun things, trying to get this podcast back up and going. Anyways, paperwork in every scenario, all, and say all the artists that I deal with uh, management wise, have all, has, all have paperwork in place and when they don't live up to their end of the deal, to send them a notice. Hey, you have X amount of days to get this straight. Usually money. And if you don't, we're going to be concluding this agreement. I just want to put this out there. Good business means doing what you say. So if you're going to say you're going to pay somebody, you should probably pay them. Cato. Cat. Olive Chronicles. Episode, podcast, vlog number four should be back on schedule by Sunday for the How Do We Taken Seriously part two. And I really hope I get some sleep between now and then.